Come on. The strong, the powerful Rick Unzer has returned to Money Savage. Welcome back, Rick. Thank you, George. Happy to be here. Yeah. Rick is a Forbes contributor. He is the host of 401k Friday's podcast, and he is a 401k plan consultant. I'm excited to have you back on. Rick, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Personal life has been a has been a crazy thing over the last several months, as I'm sure it's been for a lot of people with a, a wife and three kids and one that's actually a graduating senior right now heading off to college. It's wow. been kind of a trip for, for her, for sure, over the last few months. And then uh, I've got another daughter who is a sophomore, just was uh, on her varsity, undefeated varsity lacrosse team and then had their season just you know, killed oh, <laughs> for lack of a better word. Yeah. There's a little bit of a bum for her. And then my, uh, my 10 year old son who's playing way too much Fortnite right now. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, there are unique struggles for, for people at, at every level of society. I probably shouldn't be laughing about that, but certainly some, uh, I mean, what an interesting time to be a graduating senior, just being a kid, I think it'd be so tough. So I, I hope that they're doing the best they can. Well, and, and it's funny, my wife and I were talking about this the other day, just that these kids, you know, my daughter's class, my daughter's kind of the, the kids that are her age were, you know, brought into this world in the, the either the aftermath or the lead up to uh, 9-11. So you think about that, like mm-hmm. that's when they were born and just those that that event and then obviously what uh, what happened afterwards. And then, you know, you've got the global financial crisis and now this. So just in their short 17, 18, 19 years, it's been quite an interesting ride for them just in that uh, that short period of time. No kidding. So we are having this conversation on June the 8th, and I think you're in California. Is that is that right? Absolutely. Yep. And so uh, and, uh, things are starting to open up. Are, are people returning to work full time back at the back at the office? Not really return to work. We, my firm, we had a, a conversation, and it sounds like just based on some of the logistics and some of the concerns, that probably the earliest that we would be going back to work in the office would be August. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, just logistically, we have the top four floors of a large office building. And our COO was just talking the other day and said, Imagine this. We need to do six feet social distancing within an elevator and we're on the top four floors. Mm. So just thinking about how does that work and trying to get our arms around that plan and that strategy to live up to what we need to from a regulation and legal perspective, but then also having an experience where people aren't waiting an hour in the elevator lobby just to get to their office. Oof. So a lot, lot of interesting things in the return to work concept but the good news is restaurants golf um, other things have sort of returned to some sense of normalcy but they're still you know you're still wearing masks everywhere you're still you know required to have a mask to go to the grocery store or go to other places so it's yeah definitely getting back to some sense of normalcy but not not quite there yet not quite there got it and how about uh, how about the world of four hundred one ks amidst coronavirus? How is what's 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 been going on there? Well, there's certainly been a lot of things I feel like in the press talking about four hundred one ks and what's 
been going on and, and I think a lot of them just based on what we see in the in the press cycle sometimes has been somewhat negative about the impact of coronavirus, the impact of this pandemic on 401k plans and retirements. And certainly there's no doubt that when you look at the unemployment, when you look at the number of people that have been terminated, the number of people that have been furloughed in a situation like this, there's absolutely going to be an impact on people's ability to save people's retirement path, the retirement journey, as I, I will say sometimes. But I, I think what's interesting is if you we've looked at the data, we, we've presented some information to to our clients over the last several months, just trying to help them understand what's going on in their retirement plans during this really unprecedented time. And in terms of the good news here, uh, for people that are employed, for people that are still actively at work, it really hasn't had that much disruption. So th there's been a lot of reports that you know people are stopping their contributions, people are abandoning their investments and going to cash, call center volumes are at all-time highs, web inquiries at record keepers are at all-time highs. Uh, certainly that activity is going on, there's, there's no doubt there. But when we look at the numbers, when we look at changes that people are actually making, Yes, there's people that have that have sold out of their target date fund or that have that have moved out of the investment options that they maybe chose or maybe that they selected in the past and have moved into cash. That's happening, but it's happening at a very, very low amount. So we're not seeing 30, 40 percent of investors that are making these decisions to sort of cash out during these times of volatility and sit in cash. Obviously, the risk of that is exactly what we've seen in the market over the last few months, where during the height of the volatility in March and April, where people selling and then now what we've seen through, as we see here on June 8th, what's been a very, very strong rally, which has put us basically within about 10% of where we were before the market uh, started to decline as, as a result of the coronavirus pandemic. So that, that's always the concern. And what we're seeing, at least from anecdotally, from the plans that, that we're involved in, we're not seeing that mass movement. I mean, we're seeing maybe 1% to 2% of participants and even a smaller percentage of total plan assets that have been moved out of some of the more risk-based investments that would be appropriate for someone saving for retirement and into cash. Wow. Okay. Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Do you think that that's a function of that the people are becoming a lot more educated and they understand, hey, I've got 20 years, I should not, for lack of a better term, be freaking out right now? I think it's a combination of a few things and if you go back in the in the in the 401k machine for a second back to you know when they really came of age back in the early 90s i think this really introduced investing to a lot of people for the first time or at least the the masses out in in the world uh, myself included and as 401ks have gotten older as they've become a little bit more of a staple of the way that people save think about some of the corrections and the, and the market events that we've been through since the early 90s, right? We obviously had the the technology telecommunications bubble that burst in at the turn of the millennium. We then had the global financial crisis. And I think as people look at those, they've said, all right, well, I've seen this volatility before. I've seen my account drop 20, 30, 40%, whatever it might be. And I've seen that the market has moved back in the right direction over time. So 
as I've had some conversations with people over this period, as we've talked to employers and just asked about what the general sentiment is, for a lot of people, it's been, yeah, they kind of understand the volatility. This makes sense to them as ter- in terms of why the market is volatile. And we're not getting a lot of questions. We're not seeing a lot of people make changes, request to stop their contributions. And, and so I think it's a combination of the position that 401k plans have taken in people's retirement savings and the fact that I think now we have some more current examples of where the market has taken some pretty big hits. And even if it's taken a couple of years, uh, it's recovered and it's something that is in, in people's recent memory and maybe they've lived through in the past and can kind of point to that as a reason of, of why not to make changes. Yeah. Just just my opinion. No, I think that that makes all sense in the world. That's, that's a great point, right? That that 401ks really were this introduction to investing and personally managed investments uh, to so many Americans. And so uh, now that's been going on for, for quite some time, right? It's crazy. Four yeah. years? No, no I, yeah, absolutely. I mean, early 80s was when they first came around, and but they wow. didn't really gain much, tra- I don't want to say much traction, but I don't think they really moved into the consciousness of this is how I'm going to be saving for retirement until the 90s and even the early 2000s as pension plans really went by the wayside. And, you know, it's funny. I remember I, I came into this world, into this world of investing and, and things of that nature in the, in the kind of the late nineties. And, and I'll never forget a couple of years in where, Hey, you know, we don't really want this stodgy pension plan. Let's get rid of this thing. Give us a 401k <laughs> plan where we can control our own money. Uh, I mean, that was, that was really what people were saying back in the, back in the late nineties. So it's uh, it's pretty interesting how the world has turned. Now, every time you find somebody with a pension, it's like, Hey, that's a piece of gold. <laughs> Appreciate yeah. that. Love it. And, uh, and, and, and count yourself lucky that, uh, that you have something like that. Yeah. And we've seen so many, uh, obviously the plans have, have evolved and, and gotten better and more transparent and better options. And people are starting to figure them out and people are becoming better investors and better stewards of, of, of their money. Um, how, how are you seeing uh, are there any major te- technological changes or I guess I, I, I'm curious. I know that a lot of people are, are using target date funds uh, with, within the 401k plan. Do you see a, a time where there could be more uh, robo advisor style type investments inside of plans? Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And I think you've hit on probably what the next two or three or next three to five years is really going to be about in the 401k world where target date funds really came into the world of 401k plans on the heels of the pension protection act back in 2006 they were for those people didn't that didn't already have them there were a handful of providers two or three that were offering target date funds at that point in time but they really became popular and, and included in people's plans in 2008 which if anyone's a history buff, what happened in 2008 and 2009, the, mar- <laughs> the market fell apart. But, they, you know, that's how target dates were sort of introduced into the 401k world. But really, ever since we've seen that the this bull market that went all the way through, you know, from 2009 to February of this year, 
target date funds have done nothing but just gain steam, gather assets, and I always forget the exact statistic, but it is some mind-numbing percentage of dollars that go into target date funds. I think it's 70 plus uh, that go into target date funds in retirement plans. <laughs> so they, they've really gathered a tremendous amount of assets, and there's some funds that are, you know, let's just say better than others. Uh, but I think as you look at target date funds, generally speaking, they do a fairly good job for employees who don't want to spend a lot of time thinking about investments. They give you an easy way to say based on your anticipated retirement date and usually blocks of five or 10 years, here's an investment that will manage towards that, will gradually get more conservative over time, et cetera. Now, as you said, what's, wh where are we going, or, or maybe you didn't say it exactly this way, but you know, where are we going from here? Yeah. And the, the answer is really towards managed accounts, which is just another way to say uh, robo-advice. So these managed accounts that are already prevalent within 401k plans. There's a lot of people that have been offering managed accounts for 10, 15 years or more. What we're seeing, though, is the, based on the amount of success that people had and the dollars that are going into target date funds, we're seeing people say, hmm, all right, well, this is a really good idea. This gives me a way that I can help a participant invest comfortably based on their anticipated date of retirement. But that's all it really takes into account. All it does is look at, well, I'm going to retire in roughly in the year 2050, and anybody else in that fund is being treated exactly the same way. So what managed accounts are trying to solve for, or again, this robo-advice concept is, well, let's give an, an employee, let's give a 401k plan participant the opportunity to input more dollars, excuse me, input more data on themselves, and then we're going to create a more customized solution for them rather than just looking at their date of birth as the only input that we're going to use for creating an investment strategy. So while there's a lot of managed account providers that exist today, what's happening is with technology, with more data that's being integrated into these solutions, they're becoming a little bit more robust. And I think what we're going to see is more and more people get into this business, just like when target date funds were launched, there was only two or three target date providers. And then there was this explosion to now where you have over 50 or 60 different firms that, that have target date funds. Some firms that offer target date funds have two or three different versions of their target date fund. So it has just become this mass proliferation of target dates. I think we're sort of on that same path for managed accounts or robo advice within retirement plans where you've had some pretty traditional players. Now you're going to have a lot more people coming into the business. There's going to be different ways that managed accounts are delivered, offered, uh, presented within retirement plans. I think a couple of the big things that are coming are going to be, well, target date funds for a lot of plans have been that default for many, many years. Uh, just based on the fiduciary protection that's offered with that. But what if we chose our managed account as a default in terms of if someone's automatically enrolled or if we make changes in our plan and or do a re-enrollment in our plan and reset everyone's investments, what if we reset them into a managed account? Would that be better for them? What if we have a hybrid strategy where we use a target date fund for Everyone is their default fund up until their age 50, and then after age 50, they, they're moved into a managed account. 
So a lot of these things, these conversations are going to be happening over the next few years. And to your point, this managed account or robo advice solution within a 401k, I think is really where the, the investment conversation is going to be headed certainly over the next year, but over the next three to five years, in my opinion. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I don't think it's the opposite necessarily, but it's certainly a different option. This idea of putting uh, some kind of a lifetime income option inside of a 401k plan. What are your thoughts on that? It's it's a it's a complicated topic. Mm-hmm. And I think that in the world of 401k plans, what we thought we were going to be talking about at the end of last year and early this year when the SECURE Act came about, we thought 2020 was going to be the year of retirement income. Yeah. And then and then around came coronavirus and COVID and all that fun stuff. And that sort of changed the narrative. But uh, what we did see, obviously, with the SECURE Act, which was passed late last year, that did give some additional protections to employers who want to pursue retirement income in their plans. I think the big challenge is going to be, well, what do you want to do? What type of solution do you want to create? I've had a lot of great conversations on my podcast about this, and I I don't know that there will be one answer that emerges. I think some plans like the idea of an annuity as a quote-unquote retirement income option within a plan. I think others look at annuities as four-letter words that are should be avoided at all costs. Sure. Uh, You know, could there be some type of guaranteed minimum withdrawal benefit that emerges where somebody? has a little more control over their money over time, but they're able to, on a guaranteed basis, able to withdraw a certain percentage of their account when they get to retirement? Or does retirement income look like some other type of managed product? Think a bond laddering strategy or something like that. Um, I don't know. I don't know what's going to emerge, but, but I do know, to your point, retirement income, as the world starts to settle back in a little bit into, into work and everything else, I think retirement income over the next few years as well will be the will be where the conversation's headed. And and I think that also relates to the managed account conversation. Uh, I think those can be inter- interchangeable or or at least overlap in that a managed account in the near future could also mean that as part of that managed account that you have in your retirement plan, there's also an income component to it, whether that's an income tilt in terms of how they're managing the strategy and the, the underlying investments, or maybe that's something where there is some form of guaranteed income as part of that managed account strategy. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. That is what we have to look forward to. And uh, I think it's fascinating how, how, you're talking about target dates weren't even a thing. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh my cow, target dates are a huge thing. And now the next generation looks like it probably moving towards managed accounts and some kind of a retirement income option. So we'll see. Yep. Well, Rick, and I think, Oh, go ahead. And I, and I think the other thing too, that that's really important as we think about this, because one thing that gets so much attention in the 401k and in our, and in our business is the investing side of it. Right. It's the, you know, do you have the right mix of investments? Do you have the right expenses on your investments, et cetera? But one thing that, that I think unfortunately doesn't get enough airtime and, and one thing that I think we good news is we're starting to focus more on this is really f- sa- uh, focusing and looking at savings rates 
Hmm. And I've said this a few times. I didn't, this isn't mine. I've borrowed this from someone. I don't know who, but in the grander scheme of things, you can't invest your way out of a savings problem. And I think was, as we go through this and as the next iteration in 401ks brings us managed accounts, brings us retirement income solutions, if people aren't saving enough, if people are not hitting their savings targets, those are going to be great solutions but are not ultimately going to help generate the level of assets and the level of income you need to replace your working income in a timely fashion and give you the opportunity to retire when you want to. So uh, one good thing that we are seeing as well in the marketplace is with some of these managed account solutions, with some of the broader education that's happening out there, with automatic enrollment and automatic increases and with the SECURE Act, the increase of the, the default rate for automatic enrollment in terms of what that can go to as a ceiling, I think that's a, all really good things that are going to help people save more, put more dollars aside which is the the engine that sort of makes all this work. Yeah, I love it. You cannot invest your way out of a savings problem. Amen. <laughs> well, Rick, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? I think over the last few months, there's obviously been a lot of challenges, a lot of turmoil, and I'll just stick on the, the financial side of it. And one thing that I would really encourage people to do is – Look, look at and take advantage of some of the resources that your employer makes available to you. George, I know you've talked about financial wellness on your podcast several times. Uh, I think financial wellness has been a big buzzword over the last several years and, and almost any financial product that has been launched over the last several years, I feel like it, it has some link to financial wellness. But I think right now what we're going to see or what we'll see in the next several months or year or so is – that because of the the amount of financial stress that some have had to some of are taking on and, and are going through right now in the marketplace, I think financial wellness starts to move from kind of a buzzword to something that really is going to be a more defined support solution within an employee benefits package. And, and financial wellness is if done right is not something that just says, "Hey, are you on track for retirement?" Financial wellness gets into managing debt, budgeting, some basics around wills and trusts and, and some estate planning, saving for college, student loans, whatever it is. But I know I just said a lot there, but employers are really looking at and putting out some pretty darn good solutions to help their employees think through and manage some of these financial challenges that they have in their life. So I would certainly suggest that if you find yourself in a position where you're stressed, where you have questions about money, where you're not sure how to maybe manage some debt that you've taken on, or you're behind in rent payments due to the fact that you haven't had any income or, or you're, you've been furloughed or whatever it is, your employer potentially has some great resources for you. Start there. And see what you might have at your fingertips that are that's at no cost or maybe a, a significantly discounted cost because of some things that they've done to help you on a on a bulk pricing basis. But I think those are some really good tips and, and tools that you can take advantage of there. And I don't know about you, George, but but I know certainly just the way that the financial services industry has been evolving. You know, if you don't have hundreds of thousands of dollars, 
it's very hard to find someone who will really sit down and and help you and counsel you. And that's really where I think financial wellness and some of these resources that employers are making available to their employees is to kind of help people that might not get the attention they want or they deserve from the broader wealth management or broader financial services industry. And you can take advantage of some of these wellness oriented programs that your employer might have available. Well, I think that is great stuff that definitely gets come on. Come on. Yes. I mean, these days, these big financial companies that you probably have your 401k with through your work, there's so many great resources right on the website. Just got to go check it out. So, well, Rick, thank you so much for coming back on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Well, you can always check me out on the 401k Fridays podcast. You can just search 401k Fridays on your favorite podcast app or go to the website 401kfridays.com. And I also do some articles for Forbes. So check those out. Periodically, you can just find those by searching Rick Unser Forbes. And there's a great little history of the things that I've put out there. So if any of that is helpful, uh, feel free to check it out. Love it. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Rick your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Find the 401k Fridays podcast wherever you enjoy podcasts. Go to 401kfridays.com. And search Rick Unzer and Forbes and read his material. I'll list all those in the notes of the show. Thank you again, Rick. Thank you, George. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. I've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about how do I start a podcast that I've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step by step from figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding how all the technology works behind it, and then how to get great guests and uh, keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. You can go to georgegrombacher.com forward slash podcast course, and you'll find it there. You can just go to the website. I'll also list that in the notes of the show.